for life, for privilege and opportunity. We cannot bless you enough. Holy Spirit, this morning we have come that you will teach us the mind of our Father. Lord, we open our hearts unto you and pray that you will move in our midst as never before. Take over, Lord, and erase everything that is not of you. Let them be brought under obedience of Christ. Thank you, mighty God. Let your word that is living and active begin its work and finishes in us, making us better people of God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. You're welcome into the presence of the Lord this morning. I want to appreciate our fathers in the Lord. 
that um, administer the mind of God in this place. I also want to appreciate all of us, uh, the students, though your beginning is little, but you know that it will surely be great. Amen. I want to appreciate my only one and husband that brought me here and is still here supporting me. He's my fan. Yeah, he's my fan. Amen. Aha. He has married me for 31 years and he's still marrying me. So I will keep on um, hailing him. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to thank the mothers. Last Sunday was our mother's Sunday. I hope you danced a lot here. We had a good time in our chapel too. I want to bring greetings from Chapel of Restoration, where I worship, where everybody is important. Amen. If you have been following this church and the calendar, you know that um, we've been talking about Goyi. Goyi, and this church has been intentional about Goyi. By now, I think that it should be a memory verse. For everybody in the church to be thinking it, dreaming it, saying it, acting it. Amen. That has been the theme of the church. And today we want to go. And our ongoing year today is going to be for the sick, the patients. Hallelujah. And um, I trust God that God will ever help us this morning to know his mind. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been sick? You know, you have been sick to the point that... Um, you cannot do anything for yourself. At least you can remember ever being sick. That you could not do anything for yourself. It was shocking to me. But two months ago, I was so down with malaria. That one of the days, I was so weak. That I didn't remember I have not taken water from morning till night. Until I didn't urinate. And I remembered, wow. Even simple going to the fridge to take a glass of water to drink. That nobody could not could even do it for you the way you have been doing it. And I now begin to understand that it's not easy to be sick. It's not. Amen. And um, we are celebrating the nurses and the midwives. Virginia Henderson was one of the pioneer. Mothers of nursing. And she defined nursing as anybody that is assisting the sick or the well, anybody that is sick or well, in doing things that contribute to health and well-being that they could have done by themselves if they had the willpower, the, the, the strength, the knowledge And you do it in such a way that you help them to get back to well, wellness, or even lead to peaceful death. So it's not just nursing them to life. You help them to get to peaceful death. That's my paraphrasing of that um, definition. So when somebody is sick, what happens to the person? Because if we don't understand it that way, you may not minister to the sick like we are talking about relating to them and ministering to them with compassion. What happens when somebody is sick? You lose your independence. You lose your independence. You are lying down there. 
You are asking people, please oh, get me this, get me that. You lose your, your ability to make choice. That's why people will gather together and decide that they are taking you from this hospital to the other. Your choice making families will make choice on your head. And you may not even contribute to that. You lose a lot of things. Your privacy. We just barge into people and we are coming into their cubicles, coming into their room, even when they want to do their private thing. You cannot do your private thing when you are sick. Because everybody will just be coming in and talking to you. This group will come and go. And this group will come and speak English. And this group will come and bring trolley. No privacy. You are no more on your own. And your routines. There are routines. There are things you do on your own. There are your personal routines that you like doing. Most of them you are you don't do them anymore. Your roles as a mother or a child or a father and all all these things are lost. You know, sometimes your favorite meals, there are things that you want to do by yourself. And the thing you just be hungry and you're just lying down on the bed and you cannot even have it. Have you ever laid on hospital bed and they bring you your hospital food? Hospital food. Hospital food. You know, it's only people who are pregnant that are abnormal. You know, they vomit and vomit and vomit. So normal food is not good for them. So they even crave for hospital food because of that smell of that hospital food. If you have ever eaten it. So you lose all these things when you are sick. And when they are now brought before us, there is fear and anxiety when you see people die. They packed the neighbor and rolled away. One woman's baby died and they carried it to mortuary. And this other person is shouting upstairs and say, Hey, mother, I'm going to ward on there. These are the things that follow being sick. Can we get to Mark chapter 5 so that it doesn't look like I'm telling story? Mark chapter 5, 22 to 23. Mark 5, 22 to 23. Until hospital workers and people that take care of sick people come to this understanding, they cannot show compassion. Mark chapter 5 verse 22 And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed and she shall live. Look at 25 to 26. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and has suffered many things from many physicians. She has spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And chapter 2 verse 4. Mark chapter 2 verse 4. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Amen? The scenarios there show that Jairus had a dying baby. It was an emergency. Maybe there wasn't any hospital to rush the baby to. So he rushed to Jesus Christ and said, come, 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 my baby is lying down, dying. You saw the drama. Though that that nurse was a very bad one. It wasn't a nurse at all. Uh-huh. But they were shouting that somebody was dying. It was an emergency. You can picture accident and emergency 
hospitals and children emergency. What it looks like when a woman's child is convulsing and they are rushing to the, and they will just came and the first person they saw they will throw the child on you and run outside and be shouting and rolling on the ground. That is the scenario. That is the pain. You lose your independence. You even lose control of your life. A woman in labor will be shouting. I say, Madam, what's going on? These are the things that happen when people are sick. Can you imagine uh, you are sick and your, uh, you, your friends carried you and came to with a couch or whatever or mat and came and there was a lot of crowd and they decided to carry the person upstairs eh, and they were carrying somebody and they are carrying you up to the roof and they are there breaking the roof removing things and they are about to lift the person down from the roof and he hasn't got a say to say no, uh-uh, what if I fall down that's what happens when somebody is sick people will be taking decisions on their head so if we understand this in this kind of vulnerable situation that our patients are then we now begin to change our attitude and put back joy on their faces. Amen. How do you feel when somebody is discharged? Hey, Dr. Dalunu, the nurse there, men, thank you, God bless you, God bless you. It's joy. What happens when that woman of men was carrying the only son and was just moving? About to bury the last hope she had. And Jesus met them at the gate. And said stop. Touched. And the sun rose up. What joy. What joy could Jairus. Have when Jesus came. And the daughter rose again. Maybe you haven't had anybody. Seriously sick. And then the person came back. And recovered. God will help us in Jesus' name. The fountain of that woman dried up just by touching Jesus. It was a joy. It was a joy. And these are the things that God will want us to know. And the knowing and the realization will change exactly how things happen in our healthcare system. Hallelujah. Now we're talking about meeting these patients with compassion. If you don't understand what they are passing through, you cannot meet them with compassion. Why should we be compassionate? It is a command. It is a command. It's not an option. It's a command. If we go to Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, from verse 25, it's a story of the Good Samaritan. And at the end of the story, Jesus made a sentence. He said, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. It's a command. It's not an option. It's not if you like. If you are made to be compassionate. But for us, we are not just like that. I can't be any other person. I can't be you. No. It's a command. It is a framework or model for Christian health workers to work with. We have a lot of theories we, we say. Uh, Sucrotes, Plato, this other person, Virginia Anderson, um, Florence Nightingale. We'll be quoting them and their theories. This is theory of compassion that Jesus gave to us. Go and be compassionate. It's a theory. We have to follow it. And when we follow it, it will work like every other scientific theory. 
for us. Amen. And because it was of God's pity and mercy and compassion that we are not consumed. I'm sure you have read it for the first time in Psalm 103. Psalm 103, 8 to 14. It said it was because of God's mercy. He showed me mercy. And if I am a, a good servant of Jesus Christ, I will show somebody else mercy. Psalm 103, 8 to 14. It says, as a father pities his son, his children, so God pities me, pities you. And when we cry, he hears us. As a result of that, he expects us that when other people cry to us, we should hear them and pity them. Amen? So it's a privilege also. It's a privilege, not a right, that I'm a doctor, I'm a nurse, lab scientist, I'm a physiotherapist, I'm a pharmacist, I'm a gate man, I'm even a cleaner, or whatever you are, in the hospital setting. It's a privilege. Brethren, it is a privilege. It's not a right. The difference between you and the person that has died is just privilege. It's a privilege. So many people took interview entrances and they didn't get it. It's a privilege. Many people took final MBBS, they failed, some got mad. It's a privilege that I am who I am. It's a privilege. And God kept on telling the Corinthians people, what have you that you did not receive? Who made you different from the other person? Why will you even brag about it or lift your shoulder or make a nyanga with it? It's a privilege. It's an honor. It is a partnership with the heavens. You are not dealing with mechanic or motor or engine. Lives, human beings. And that was exactly the ministry of Jesus when he was here on earth. Kept on healing people, touching them, sympathizing, helping them, cleaning their tears, raising hope, taking away fears and anxiety. And he said, go and do likewise. It's a partnership. The business is not your own. It's not my own. The business of working in the health system, it's not your business. Whether you have your pharmacy shop, or you have a little maternity, or you have a big hospital, or you are working for, for the government, it is not your business. There is a partnership. And when there is a partnership, you consider the other partner. You don't do it like it is my own. Because the only person that is partnering with us in this business is the Lord. Amen? It's a partnership. In Matthew chapter 10 verse 1, it was Jesus that sent us to go and do this. Matthew 10 verse 1. It's a partnership. So you don't behave as if you are Lord. When it comes to attending to patients, or that you are more privileged than them, you are partnering with somebody who is invisible, and who is standing by. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. The commissioning was from God, not from me. It's a, it's a, it's a partnership. When God makes you to understand that it is a partnership, that you're working with somebody, and the person may not be visible, that will change your whole attitude or how you react or how you view or how you respond to the cries of anybody who is sick. Amen? One of the places I like is Luke chapter 10. He commissioned them to go and do that in Luke chapter 10 verse 1. Then verse 9. He told them, go and heal. 
When they came back, they were so happy that all these things happened. He said, while you were doing that in the field, me, I was here seeing Satan fall down from heaven like lightning. He was partnering with them. And that was what was giving them the success. When you think that the success is you, it makes you to brag. It makes you to be arrogant. But when you remember that you were doing it and somebody else, a presence was somewhere watching over you, helping you, directing you. And finally it says, you have done all this, but more importantly, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. When you finish doing it and your name is not written in heaven, you have lost it all. And I have lost it all. Amen? So that's why we will be careful because it is partnership. Hallelujah. And you know that somebody's watching. When I was working in newborn special care unit, I experienced it. You know, in the midnight, we will have about 20, 30 or 20-something babies with two nurses on duty. And you feed them three, three hourly. All of them will start crying at the same time. And then when you finish feeding them, everywhere will be quiet. Before the next three hours, one of them will start crying. All of them will start responding. And everybody will start crying. Even the small one, 0.89 kg in the incubator will be crying. And then when you have finished doing all these things and you packed your things, one child will decide that the food you gave me is not enough and I'm not going to sleep and you will not sleep. So that particular one will be crying. You go and give extra 10 meals, you still be crying. You know you have the temptation of being angry at one small thing that doesn't even know that you're angry or not. And the Spirit of God will tell me, remember that this baby's angel is standing here watching you. The angels are seeing you. They are watching you. Their mothers are not here. Nobody says only you. Their angels are. And I'll feel the presence. So whatever you are doing to this tiny small thing, their angels are there watching you. That will change your attitude. Hallelujah. So when you know that this work is all about partnership, not you alone. How do we do this work with compassion? Matthew chapter 9, 35 to 36. The Bible said that when Jesus did everything, he now looked at them. Child, he had compassion on them. The story of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. The difference between the Levite and the priest and the Good Samaritan. They saw the man. Maybe a uh, child. A child. This man who pit and they will turn the other way. Then cause after I pour you turn the other way. The Bible said that when the Samaritan came and saw this man, the Bible said he had compassion on him. Compassion. He had pity. Another version will say he had pity or mercy on him. Compassion is a deep awareness. Of the suffering of someone else. Amen. It's a deep awareness. And you don't just have compassion. It is accompanied with actions to relieve those suffering. Compassion. And you walk away. That's not compassion. What will I do to help? How can I help? And you begin to help. And do something. 
So compassion means I pity you in your situation, but I can do something to help you out. People that are selling all those yo-yo bitter, they will tell you, I love my mouth, my wife, no before mouth. Compassion, no before mouth. We need to do something. Pity is like, hey, yeah, I pity you, poor you. Empathy is pity and sympathy plus action. Hey, wo, une wenre gunu ji go talk, hey, yeah, chai, e go neko ogu wabo. It's not 2,000, manaha we 1,002. You see, okay, add this 500. That's compassion. It's not a young Bagaliano no Kono Mamun again with his year. Meanwhile, ten thousand and a baggy. You saw the Mamun with the Yogun, Messia Kamakambia Bayonu. Meanwhile, you have ten thousand in your bag. And it was just extra cash. It's not that you have any budget on that ten thousand. It's not the AR that patients need. They need five hundred naira. And you must have sorted out those septicemia that temperature has never came down. With five hundred naira, you supported them. That is compassion. Compassion means that you are identifying with someone's state or situation as if it were your own. What if this man lying here is my father? The moment you think like that, this woman carrying this baby, what if it is my grandchild? What if this young lady, SS3, that is lying down here, is my second daughter? The moment that comes to your mind, you will spur up into action. So compassion is when you look at somebody's wound as a nurse and say, child, what if this wound is on my father's leg? Not say God forbid though, because anything can happen anytime. Anything can happen anytime. Nobody's labeled patient forever. Amen? It can be anybody. After all, Nam Dazikiwe was in UNTH, your old site, and we lost him. Thank God some brethren went inside there, sent away everybody and preached the gospel to him. And he died in our hands. So don't say, you know, God forbid, what if it is my brother? What if it is my person? That is what compassion will make you to do. Amen. After all, in John chapter 11, verse 15, the Bible said what? John eleven thirty-five. Hey, we should know Bible now. John eleven thirty-five. Jesus wept. Why was he crying? Is it his brother that died? Is it the Holy Ghost that died? It was just a friend. But he looked at Martha and Mary. Their only brother. Their only brother. Child. It struck his heart. He hold Jesus. He has to weep. The shortest verse in the Bible. He cried. And I wonder what people will be saying when they are looking at him. This big man, Nebawa. This big prophet. No. Compassion. You don't just stand there and be saying, solve this problem. Maybe something. You know? Then as a Christian, it's easier because trust about God. Have you ever asked that woman, why are you crying? What are you? What is it? What exactly? Jesus will always ask them. Blind Bartimaeus, what will you want me to do for you? Because you don't assume and think that name my name the patient. What is the problem? Why are you crying? It might be because of the children at home. It might look funny. The one old mama in a non-admission, the medical ward, UNTH, old site, she was crying. BP refused to come down. 
And she was antagonistic to everybody. Do you know that it took a person, a nurse, to come close and ask, Mama, And no you think that it is your BP drug that will solve her problem. And you know how to change prescription. And tell her to make sure that she's taking it. And the nurses are saying, right person, right route, right dose, right time. That's not what her problem is. We have to do something, oh. Somebody discovered the problem. Do you know we have to start looking for the nurse made effort and got the person and handed over the goat to her. BP data by force. Compassion is all about entering into somebody's situation to find exactly what the problem is. Some psychological problems will just go and all the symptoms will come down. Compassion means having a listening ear. Having a listening ear. You know because of sense of duty. Workload. We are always in a hurry. Very, very seriously in a hurry. We are always timed. I have this work to do. I have two dresses to finish. I have to feed in to do. I have this one to do. I have 20 patients to consult. I have 10 specimens to look at. I have this person and this consult to attend to. And we are in a hurry. We are already regimented about how we do it. That most of the time, anybody that wants to eat into another person's time about that timing thing, we shout at the person. We are very, very much apprehensive about it. And un- unfortunately, sometimes we wouldn't know when we bust out. Madam, the boss is on our also get a money for Try and be fast. Now, maybe your sister can bag over no one three more persons in the jibble. That is not compassion. Compassion means listen. Be calm in yourself and find out how we can help that person. Sometimes patients. We summarize them. Okay, so go maybe the hospital or where put up And when you summarize, you write your prescription, Abby. You have not you, you didn't even on because all the long story might end in that you man my husband they make a judim my siam wokanawam. And that was why she came to the hospital. And you were telling you don't go trench and you were very, very much in a hurry. Sometimes we miss information. Because we are not entering into their situation. We miss out vital information. Leading to unmet psychological needs of most of our patients. Seriously. Praise the Lord. Compassion means looking beyond the physical. Looking at the patient. And you are seeing beyond a diabetic patient. With gangrene and smelling wounds. You're looking at how the devil is messing up this man's life. That should be a noble man. You're looking at affliction and suffering. And that they can only come from the devil. You're looking at a man that is very, very bitter against the wife and the children. 
looking at a woman who is so terrified by her environment and culture and came down with serious ulcer or other psychological breakdown. Compassion means you are looking at this woman. You are not just treating this physical body. There's something behind this. There's something behind this. Jesus will always forgive sins first. Amen. He will always say, your sins are forgiven. And on discharge, he will advise them on discharge. You know we give advice on discharge. On discharge, Jesus will say, go and sin no more. You have advice on discharge. We look at that because we know that the devil has always come to steal, kill, and do what? Destroy. And sickness is one of the ways he can kill and destroy people's life. Amen. Three things can happen to somebody that came to hospital as a sick patient. The person can come as an unbeliever, doesn't know God, and then we leave healed and continue in wickedness. The person can come in, got saved, got connected back to God, be discharged and go home and live in righteousness and continue serving God. Or the person can come in and die. A lot of people get into the hospital, but they don't leave. A few weeks ago, I went to Good Shepherd. And one of our beloved brothers brought the father. After all said and done, the father died. He couldn't leave. Every other person left. He was still there. Telling story with one person or the other. I could understand why he was feeling like that. How can I bring my father here? And then now, it was in the mortuary that is lying. Can I now go home empty-handed? I came with him. Am I not? How can I not go with him again? How can I just be driving away, leaving him behind? I don't know whether you are entering into the situation I'm painting now. I pitied him. I knew that he was feeling like. So when you see patients lose their beloved ones, they feel so bad. They feel like, ah, I came with my baby. How can I be going with basket alone? It's painful to the heart. And that's why compassion will enter there so that you either help to save them and not just save them and heal them so that they will go home and continue wickedness. You will save them and then deal with the issue of their soul and sin. So that when they are living, they are living whole. After all, we talk about holistic um, healthcare. Holistic, all the time, we, we remove the spiritual. That's why you come to a big hospital and somebody is praying with patients and the hospital management will go and write, no prayer here, no clapping of hands, no noise. And when we are teaching students, we teach them that holistic care includes psychological and spiritual care. So which one is the spiritual here? If you are giving all the medicines, doing all kinds of CT scan, MRI, do all kinds of gimmicks, but the soul of the patient is not ministered to. We have lost it all. So compassion entails that you, you, you pray for them, you, you, you are touched about them, and then you minister to their soul. You minister to their soul. Hallelujah. So that when that patient is going, you can minister through any word. You can give tracts. You can give magazines. 
You can raise up a topic. You can see something at the patient's bedside and start from there. Ah ah, or Bible be here. Wow, ego kwaliata. You that read in the morning from your house, say, I read Psalm 27. Do you know what it says? You are still doing your thing, you know. You are giving your. Being a, a, a Christian person that is ministering with compassion does not make you negligent of your duty. You don't read your Bible on, on duty and continue shakalabayabadaba. And when they knock at you, they say, She still pray, you know. She still pray, you know. No, you don't do that. You come to the hospital and do the work. Compassion means you do it. It's painful to see that most of the time, a drug might be written for a patient, six hourly. And a doctor that should give the drug will come and go and be watching ball. I'm not telling you what I don't know. I've been, I've been in clinical area. Mind you, I'm not chasing a ball. I'm just watching ball. Antibiotics that should be six hourly. Okay, so they're in between the two six hours, Abby. But here you need it. Obuzinka concourse. Which is our key market. And then you say the patient are staying longer in the hospital. You're not compassionate. You don't understand what they're passing through. When you now say that the infection is continuing, the, the, the wounds are breaking down, these things are resistant. Or as a nurse that came on duty, if you don't make a business, say connect and uh, linking and uh, internet business. Register under me and I will register under that person. And one person will register under you and your money will be very big. Or supplement. You start selling supplements and all kinds of things. Hallelujah. Amen. We are asking God to help us. So that we will be like our master Jesus Christ. As we are summarizing. We are placed in a place by the Lord. Where we can assist the Lord. To destroy the works of the devil. That's compassion. In, in 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. He said that the reason why Jesus came. Is to destroy the works of the enemy. And as a privileged person. Standing in that gap. Standing in that position. The Lord expects me and you. To help him and destroy the work of the devil in the life of people. We can speak to them. When you smile to a patient, it doesn't reduce us from anything. It is not, it's not the atmosphere we, we present that helps the patient. Do you know compassionate Jesus will touch? Touch the leper. Touch the blind. And nothing we have what we call therapeutic touch. It's different from um, abusing the patient or any other sexual things. I went to supervise students in one of the wards. And a woman with cancer of the breast was crying. They surrendered her. They didn't know what to tell her. Madam, oh God will help you. This, that. So when I came, I said, what's the problem? They said that they just came to give her a drug and she started crying. I came close to the bed. Just touched her and she got my hand. Squeezed it and held me. And wept. After that crying, I was just silent and was just there holding her. She released her hand and said, Nurse, thank you. Thank you for being there. I didn't do anything. It's just that he grabbed, she grabbed my hand and connected to me. Let's connect to our patients. Let's connect. Don't, let's not stand aloof 
thinking that either that when we when we connect to them, maybe people will laugh at us or we will not be who we are. John chapter 13 taught me a lot of lessons. The Bible said that Jesus, knowing who he is and who he is all around the whole human race, knowing where he came from and knowing where he was going back to, that self-esteem, that confidence in who he was, that assurance that I am, the go- I am from heaven and I'm going back there, uh-uh. you could expect that what he would do, knowing himself like that, you know, he would not bring out his leg and say, oh yeah, all of you come and wash my leg. You don't know who I am. I'm going back to God and I came from there. That was the expectation. But the Bible said that he removed his jacket, got a towel, put it around him, and started washing dusty feet. It doesn't, it didn't reduce him from being Jesus, Abby. He did, it doesn't reduce him. Let's connect to our patients. It's the connect. Nurses, let's connect. Doctors, labs, as you're treating that specimen, treat it as if it's a human being. Don't leave it until the required information has all gone and then you now bring out any. I had a, a, a nurse that I was mentoring and she was pregnant. She went for um, hepatitis B test. You know, one of the normal tests they do, normally do. And they say positive. She was weeping. She was crying. She was calling on the phone. Where did I get this one? Where did I get this, 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 this? She started goggling and looking for the husband everywhere. There was ranting everything. And I came to see the doctor. They said they are referring you to this, to the medicine, to that, to this. Go back to UNEC and go and do the test. Go to this, answer, go to that. I called her and said, let's pray. After praying, I said, let's go and repeat this test in two, three places. We went to the first place, negative. Went to another place, negative. Went to the third place, negative. I took her to UNTH and went to the lab. I called one of her sisters. I said, look at the result that this lady was given. And this house has been thrown into confusion since then. But we have repeated it. He said, my dear, Do you know how many patients that have been given positive and what they must have been going through? When we do things as if we are not doing it with human beings and somebody up there is monitoring our movement and our... How can you be a purchasing officer? And you are buying expired goods. Expired drug that will expire at the end of this match. There's no compassion in you. There's none. We handle these people because they are God's creation. Amen? Amen? When you see another person, another health worker that is not doing well, you advocate for the patient. You speak on their behalf. It's part of compassion. You can't be waiting for your colleague to kill patients. And because you're covering your colleague, you say something. You do something to help out. Amen. So God is calling us this morning as we are summarizing. In all the aspects that concern patient care. Because it's not only doctors and nurses. The gate man at the gate is concerned. The person that is giving direction. The person that is issuing card. Have you ever gone to get a card in a hospital? Have you ever gone to get a card? And you got to stay there for millions of hours. 
and somebody is abusing you, or you are even discharged, though, you are happy you want to go. Now do my deal and let me leave. I went to do one, and they were there, looking at pictures of Ashebi that they did the other time, and they all they were celebrating the pictures and looking at it. I looked into the window. I got so hungry. I turned the other one, went inside that place. And patients, we are standing, you know, it's not that they were not there. Today we are going to repent. We need to repent. If the health system is going to be cured, it is the Christians that are there that go to church. If you are an administrator, what are you administrating? What policies are you making? And when bad policies are made, what did you say? How did you contribute? God will help us. Amen. For those who are non-hospital workers here, can I ask you a personal question? How compassionate are you to your wife? Matthew chapter 18 verse 25. The Bible said that that servant that refused to forgive the other one, Jesus said, you wicked servant. How compassionate are you to the people in your house, your children? As a mother, how compassionate are you to the house help in your house? When your children are sick, you are running around, Abby. When house help is sick, how do, what do you do? Some of these are the things that God will be looking at us and be wondering. Where is the Holy Ghost in you? When your house is sick. And you cannot even do anything. There's a water God will save us in Jesus' name. Christianity is a strict way of life. And God expects us to shine as light. Matthew chapter 5. It says shine your light. So much so that people will see. It's not something done in a corner. It's not something done under your coat or your, your suit. It's not something done under lab coat. It is something that should be seen. If I smile to you, you will know that I'm smiling to you. If I talk to you kindly, you will know. Jesus will say, what will I do for you? He said, daughter of Abraham. You are lifted. The hunchback left. Daughter of Abraham. If somebody calls me that, I'll be, I will be very, very happy. What is in the mouth of health workers? That they cannot speak kindly to people. I remember when I was in medical ward. When they have any serious, naughty, aggressive patient. Sister Hope, anyone that is aggressive and naughty, they say it's ndoyemo. God will sanctify our mouth and we will know how to talk to our patients. Jesus will always speak kindly. Say words that are comforting. Say, weep no more, my daughter. That's the words of Jesus. I was working, I was collecting data in one clinic. The nurse there, I was wearing muffins. Maybe she didn't recognize me anymore. And she was backing. She was backing. She was talking. 
at a point one elderly man said and if a patient summarizes you like that of what use are you to that patient anymore yes that's workload we have short staff everywhere you come in one doctor or two might be seeing the whole crowd there is tendency to be aggressive and irritable but when the Holy Ghost is inside of you and you prayed in your house in the morning and you received a word for these patients and on behalf of them when you come down something else will be singing in your ear and not the pressure of work amen that's where compassion will start coming in that's where compassion will start coming in God will help us in Jesus name finally the healthcare Christian fellowship had always said that more people pass through the hospital gates more than our churches. The highest we can be here now is 400 or thereabouts. And nobody stays here and says, I'm sleeping here, I've come to church, I'll be here till next Sunday. No. After church, sharp, sharp, everybody will leave. If we have midweek, one or two hours, we will all leave. But people can stay in the hospital one month, two months, lying down on the bed, day in, day out, waiting for you to go home, wash, do everything, come back, meet me here. Go home, come back, meet me here. It became a serious platform for any Christian to minister to these patients. We do not allow them to go through us and go to hell. God will hold us responsible. We are not here to make money only. We will make money so that we can change our dress now and buy stethoscope and change our shoe, Abby, and buy new bag when the old one is dirty so that we can pack our things and come to work. If our engine is bad, we can change our engine. But that's not the sole reason. So when you see somebody, I was talking with one doctor, he was telling me, how long and everybody's taking IELTS and going to UK, UK, Canada, UK, Canada. What are we going to look for there? Money. Whether God directs you to UK or not, everybody's going to UK. And somebody will go there and meet Moab. You know Moab? Eliminate pact with the whole family. Where the presence of God was and went to Moab, lost the husband, lost the wife, lost the son, came back as three, two widows. And still met the people in Cana, celebrating, rejoicing because the Lord visited them. So wherever you are, so far the presence of God is with you in that particular location. Please, can you make it a home and begin to work for the ministry of the souls of men? And begin to save people. One of the best places I enjoyed was working in medical world. 140. The original 140 UNT. I worked for there 10 good years. And I know how many souls the Lord captured there. God will help us. Compassion is what is needed. You meet a woman that has lost babies and babies and babies. And this is one that is about to survive. And you're careless about it. Compassion is feeling like God will help us so that we go and reach out to these sick people. How do you react when a man, an old man, 
You know that this man has been serving, walking, active, and suddenly has stroke. And he's walking like this. And by the time he was able to zip down to urinate, the man Maria Aguchikage, and he's coming to you, flies are following him. So shift to go Oh no. No now. Look at that man as the previous warrior that has been strong. And now he's in my hand to put back joy and hope in him. To make him know that he's not useless and irrelevant. That's compassion. As we meditate on nurses and midwives day, and think of how we have been helping people. Even people on the road. People that are living with us. Neighbors. People that are working on that, some of us are employers. How compassionate are you? Even with their salaries. And how you approach them. As if they are not human beings. These things are accounting in heaven. If we know that there is a, a, a person that is watching us. That is one of the things that make me to be afraid when I'm doing anything. Finally, the platform you have is limited. Amen. If you are a student, you are going to be there for three years and you pack out as a student nurse. If you overstay, you pay more school fees. If you are a midwife, a year, you should be going away. If you are a medical student, you know how many years. And all other persons. If you are working and you are, you are this, you are that, you keep promo- getting promotion, getting promotion. And you think that it is, the thing will be forever. By, by this year, they will be writing you, and your terminal leave will start next year, macho. Before it, you are going from there. So you have a space. All of us have space. Whatever you do in that space matters a lot. And if you work for Jesus, do like the Samaritan person. Before the space closes, God help you and me. So that we will be able to achieve the purpose of God for our lives. And when our father sees us, he says, good and faithful servant, you were faithful in this and that. How I pray that God will help my life and help you so that in the whatever you are called to do, even if it's not in the hospital, you know that you have a little space and you walk as if you are walking with the Lord there and God will help us. And if you have not given your life to Jesus, how will you know compassion? You don't, you cannot know compassion if you have not experienced it. Or the union we call it. It is until the, the Lord meets you. Ephesians chapter 2 said, But when the mercies of God and the riches of His grace met me, He saved me. It took the mercies of God to save a man. And until that mercy reaches your heart, He asked Simon, If somebody had big debt and the other one small debt, and the Lord forgave two of them, who should show compassion the more and serve the more and love the more? He said, the one that had big debt forgiven. He said, you answered well. It takes God to forgive all your manifold and big sins. And you can now say, wow, if the Lord could show mercy to me like this, that mercy will also enter into your heart and show it to people. God will help us in Jesus' name. We are privileged people. The command is, go and do Likewise, can we be on our feet to pray? If you have not given your life to Christ, hard heart, energy and the patient, energy here, well, well, 
He makes sure he doesn't even bother you. The Bible said that blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. You cannot receive mercy of God if you don't give mercy. Can you open your heart this morning and say, God, this is my hard heart. This is my hard heart. Maybe because of past experiences in your own family, you have been bashed. You have been battered. So when you see people, your revenge will be coming from your belly. Bitterness is filled in your heart. Can you pray, Jesus, please help me this morning. Take away this heart. Ezekiel chapter 36, the Bible says that he will give you a new heart and a new spirit. If you are praying that prayer, put your heart in your chest and say, Lord Jesus, my heart is hard. I cannot help myself. Forgive me my sins. Transform my heart. I don't have joy and peace. And that's why I cannot give it to anybody. Lord, forgive my sins. I'm under guilt and shame. Let the blood wash me. Write my name in the book of life. And give me power to be your child all the days of my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name we prayed. Amen. Can all of us begin to pray and say, God, have mercy on me. Pray for yourself. If he begins to mark how pompous we have been, how arrogant, how we have been aloof, consciously minding our business and our work and our task. Because they were calling you, you were hard hearted that you couldn't answer. And in, in Psalm 20, may the Lord hear you when you cry. Is it not when you hear people when they cry that God will hear you? Pray for yourself and let me pray for myself. Health institutions shall be healed when Christians arise and do like Christians and not do like contemporary professional colleagues. Let's do like Jesus. We have the light. The Bible says that they that have the light of God, they shall not stumble in darkness. Pray for yourself. I hope you are praying. I am praying for myself. Lift up your voice and pray for our health institution. Pray for all health workers, decision makers, people that touch people. Let the light of Jesus shine into our health institutions. So that there will be healing. There will be restoration. Banish every evil work. Some of our leaders in our health institution are occultic. group. All kinds of groups. And they have all tasks that they all call upon. And some Christians are not even praying for their patients. Altars are speaking. Can you pray this morning and say, every altar that is speaking against our health institution, by the reason of our prayer this morning, we are pulling down those altars. We are banishing their chief priests. And we are sacking all of them from duty. We are establishing the kingdom of Jesus in our health institution. That men will come there and find solutions to their need. Begin to pray. Ask the Lord to help you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, we give you thanks and praise. We appreciate you this morning. Thank you for calling us back to be like the Samaritan. He spent his money. He took out time and listened to this man. Carried him, forgot about his journey. 
and took him to an inn and made sure he made a deposit, not minding that it's not his brother or his, his relative, and came back even to, to discharge and pay for the bill. Father, this is compassion. And you, Jesus, opened your mouth and said, go and do likewise. Father, we have been short, we have been coming short of your glory. We have been coming short of your command. And we repent this morning and ask you to forgive us in Jesus' name. Change our heart, O oh God. Release us from everything that is holding us. Every consciousness of being and of our status and our profession. Lord, deliver us from arrogance and anything that will make us not to do what you want us to do. Even when we are doing it and some people are laughing at us, Lord, give us a heart not to mind them. That we continue doing like Jesus. Oh Lord, we pray for our patience. Touch them. May our hands be blessed hands. May our mouths be blessed mouths. Lord, may our hearts be blessed hearts that are burdened for this patience in the name of Jesus. Lord, may your light shine anywhere we step our feet this week in our hospitals. May there be inspiration on how to care for them and know even the things behind their suffering. Lord, help us in this matter. We pray that, Lord, you will take over the health system in Nigeria and even worldwide. Be thou exalted and magnified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen.